the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Little too late with the razor wire. You've seen the pictures of Washington, D.C. looking like Baghdad with the fences and the razor wire. It's all meant to keep out the evil insurrectionists who were apparently armed and ready to storm the Capitol any minute. Actually, it was supposed to happen yesterday, and it didn't, but they should have put the fences and the razor wire up while everybody in Congress was gone away from uh, the Capitol and then use it to keep them out of the Capitol. The stupidity is off the charts, and, of course, that brings us to our Friday feature. And now it's time for the Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. So much stupidity to choose from, uh, but it just doesn't get any dumber, I don't think, than what Congresswoman Ayanna Presley came up with on Wednesday. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I rise today in support of my amendment to H.R. 1, the For the People Act. H.R. 1 is bold, transformative legislation which fights voter suppression, promotes access to the ballot, cracks down on money in politics, and provides transparency to the American people. Passing this bill has never been more urgent. We must act to protect and preserve our democracy. My amendment gets to the heart of H.R. 1 and recognizes the contributions that young people continue to make to our democracy. By lowering the federal voting age from 18 to 16 years of age, my amendment would enfranchise young Americans to help shape and inform the policies that will set the course for our future. From police violence to immigration reform to climate change to the future of work and minimum wage, our young people are organizing, mobilizing, and calling us to action They are at the forefront of social movements and have more than earned inclusion in our democracy. Mr. Speaker, 16 and 17-year-olds, constituents of mine, are supporting their families. They are working not for enrichment or to build a resume, but because they have no choice. They are attending school full-time and taking care of loved ones in the midst of the COVID crisis. Young people are contributing both to the labor force and their local economies by paying taxes, and yet they are deprived of the opportunity to exercise their right to vote. Some have questioned the maturity of our youth. I don't. 16- and 17-year-olds today possess wisdom and maturity defined by today's challenges, hardships, and opportunities. They deserve and demand a government that is accountable to them, a government that values their voices and understands the depth and breadth of their lived experience. They are not a monolith, but they are nation-builders living through a global pandemic, confronting racial injustice, and rebuilding our democracy. Now is the time for us to meet the moment and enfranchise 16- and 17-year-olds. Blah, blah, blah. That's right, 16-year-olds should vote. And it's all part of some really stupid legislation being pushed through by the Democrats. Still has to be voted on in the Senate, but the votes are in for this week's winner. And Alana Presley is your Windows or Us Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. And when we come back, I'm going to talk to Republican congressman from the 16th District, right around here in Western PA, Mike Kelly. Stick around. Karen, owner of Lone Star Transfer. I know we're all feeling glad to be out of 2020, but now is the best time to focus on what's important. Don't get stuck in your timeshare. Get out now. For most of us starting into the new year, the new priority is saving money. For timeshare owners, stopping those expensive maintenance fees will do just that. For over a decade, Lone Star Transfer has been helping thousands of people just like you exit their unused and expensive timeshare. 
That's how we've earned an A-plus rating with the BBB. Imagine being timeshare-free, the money you could save for a real vacation. Lone Star Transfer guarantees the release of all liability to your timeshare in writing and in a specific time frame. For great customer service and a free consultation, call 844-284-4860. That's 844-284-4860 or online at LoneStarTransfer.com. By now, you've all heard me talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. They're made in the USA, and for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, that's regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All my pillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. You will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the my pillow mattress topper, and my pillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. 800-716-8087, promo code STAG. 2021 is the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. It's called the For the People Act 2021. It's full of what might be a record amount of stupidity, but nothing is dumber than allowing 16-year-olds to vote, as we mentioned a minute ago. As far as I know, not one Republican voted for it. Mike Kelly is a Republican. He represents the 16th Congressional District, and he joins us now. Congressman, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, John. I really appreciate it. So before we get to the uh, For the People Act, um, you've been in Washington for a long time. What's it feel like down there right now with the fences, the razor wire, and the National Guard hanging around? Well, first of all, I, I, I have been there for 10 years. Uh, this is such an overstep. But, but again, it goes back to the old Rahm Emanuel uh, saying, never let a good crisis go to waste. So if you can perpetuate the optics that this is a very dangerous time for all of us, and that at any moment an insurrection may start, or these crazy Trump people may come at them, behind bushes and out of the out of the sewers and attack you. Uh, you right. put up this huge fence the whole way around the Capitol. You put the concertina wire across the top of it. You're bringing thousands and thousands of National Guard. Uh, and you tell people, this is a very dangerous place. Please be careful. And then you walk outside and you say, I don't see anybody anywhere. I mean, it's such a big disappointment. I think yesterday when 
this insurrection was supposed to take place again and nobody showed up for it. But again, right. John, it's all about the optics and making the most out of any crisis that could possibly take place. Speaker of the House Pelosi has really played this way beyond the pale. This. this is absolutely uh, off the charts. And this cost the American people about a half a billion dollars to keep this, uh, keep this uh, up. And they're saying that the plan is to keep the guard there for two more months. So it, it's just part of a major propaganda campaign. It's not something that you might see in Soviet Russia or North Korea or someplace. Yeah, in fact, I, I've been uh, to North Korea, and I've been to the, up to the line, the third eighth uh, parallel. Uh, we have more protection in Washington right now than I think we have anywhere. Surely more than we have down on the southern border of Texas. We have people streaming through there, open uh, open areas for people to come in, uh, not getting tested, and coming in, bringing COVID with them. And uh, it, it's, it's kind of astounding, and I would just hope that our listeners, and I know most of the people that listen to you are, are conservative, and more than anything else, they're American, and they hear these things going on, they see these things going on, and they're saying, how in the world could this be happening in real time on our watch? This is something our parents and grandparents would have never, ever tolerated, and they're the ones that paid the greatest price to put us where we are today. But it's, it's astounding, John, and bewildering why we would continue this, this optics. Uh, it's trying to keep the American people stirred up as opposed to letting them settle down, and let's really look at what's going on. Let's measure twice, cut once on the things we need to do and understand there is no danger in Washington right now. Amazing. So uh, the, uh, the For the People Act passed the House. I, I'm pretty sure it was only five Democrats voting no. Uh, I'm having trouble keeping up with it because it's kind of a moving target. But what's, what's going to happen in the Senate? You know, that, I, I think I'm hoping now. I have people tell me all the time that, uh, look, Joe Manchin's going to hold it there, and Kristen Sinema out of Arizona, uh, Kristen Sinema's going to hold the line there. I have no faith that anybody's going to hold the line anywhere anymore depending on the type of pressure that they get. I would hope that that normal people, smart people, thinking people, responsible people, would take a look at what is in this uh, this For the People Act. This is the most overreaching piece of legislation I've ever seen in attacking our American values and saying that, look, you poor, poor, stupid people don't know how to vote on your own. You really don't know how to live your lives on your own. You're going to have to rely on an elitist group of people to shepherd you through life, to navigate you through very, very difficult times in a country that just really doesn't understand who it is anymore or what it is anymore. And when you start censoring Dr. Seuss, but, uh, but allow Adolf Hitler to be on the book stands, then you've got to sit and scratch your head and say, I'm not sure this is a place that anybody before us would have understood. It's at, at the way it's operating today. It's off the charts, John. Yeah, and uh, Elizabeth Warren says that uh, they weren't sent to Washington to be on a debating team, and Mitch McConnell's veto, uh, I guess meaning the filibuster, has to go. So do they have to get rid of the to make this work? Yeah, they're going to have to do a lot of things there, uh, to make it work. But more than anything else, what, what they got to work was November the 3rd, where they've captured, well, I shouldn't say that, I guess January the 5th was the final nail, uh, whenever Georgia sent two. Uh, far left senators to the to the Senate, but once they gain the power that they need to gain, on top of the Democrat Party, listen, my family's Irish Catholic, right? There was never a Kelly at the Thanksgiving table that would have said, "Hey, I'm a Republican and I'm here to have dinner with you." They were all hard working. We were either in the mines, the mills, the railroads, but we were all working as hard as we could for a great, great America and for a chance at a much better life than the little island that they left. And we would sit there, and I can remember my parents and my grandparents, they had two pictures in the living room, one, one of the Lord and the other of FDR, and they got them mixed up constantly as to which one was actually God. <laughs> but they really did believe in this blue-collar promise, this belief that if you get to America, you are going to be given an equal opportunity, maybe not an equal outcome, but an equal opportunity. That party, by the way, is gone. This is a far-left, socialist, radical party that is looking for power, and power that would be able to change our country forever, and we will never be able to get it back to that country that 1.4 million men and Americans, million men and women in, in uniform, have given their lives to protect. Every oath we take, John, is to support and defend our Constitution. I would ask any of our listeners, please get a copy of the Constitution and look at what's taking place before your eyes today and try to somehow justify that what's taking place 
is being done the right way. Yeah, th- this is about, uh, and we're talking to Mike Kelly from the uh, 16th District. This is about taking power and influence away from the states in the in federal elections. Isn't that exactly the opposite of what the founders intended? No, absolutely. Now, of course, the founders, you know, originally, the whole idea of, of the elections is that the times, the places, and the manners, and the way we handle elections are up to the states, as long as it doesn't interfere in a way or take away from the constitutions of those states or our federal constitution. Pennsylvania, in the last election, uh, did something that was totally unconstitutional. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court refused to hear the case, which to me is baffling. I'm the same as, as Justice Thomas. I can't understand why they wouldn't look at an unconstitutional act that allowed for no-excuse mail-in ballots, which opened the doors to a lot, a lot of, of fraud that took place. Now, I know people will argue with me about this. Oh, Kelly, the Supreme Court wouldn't hear your case. We had three of the nine justices ready to hear the case. We needed one more justice to hear it. I think it would have made a world of difference in the next elections as far as are they fair, are they legitimate. Here's the thing, John. When people lose faith and trust and confidence, I don't care if it's in your marriage. I don't care if it's in the, in the neighborhoods you live in, the people that you trust. Once you lose that, it's hard to recover it. And that happened on November the 3rd. We've never had an election where there's been more questions about how did this ever happen and the numbers are astounding what ha- that happened, and people are shaking their heads and scratching their heads and saying, no, no, this can't possibly be right. And I tell people all the time, look, it wasn't magic. It was just math. It all came down to you get the numbers out, and then whatever, what you had to do to get the numbers out, use whatever you have to do to get there, and then force it down the throat of the American people. That's what's taking place. I, I, I'm not trying to encourage anybody to riot or do anything crazy. I'm just encouraging them to please get a copy of our Constitution, read it, and look what's happening in our country right now today. And I just I said this earlier, how can we possibly turn our back on the one and a half million men and women in uniform that gave their lives supporting and defending the Constitution? Pick it up, read it, learn it, and believe it. It is absolutely the backbone of the greatest nation the world has ever known, and it's being destroyed. And um, I've actually, I actually had people say to me, I'm never voting again. Uh, and I, I don't think... I think most of them will, you know, not hold to that when the next election comes around. But that was their reaction. They they feel like what they voted and it, and it didn't matter. And then those, of course, were Republicans who said that. So um, that's not that's not good for the Republicans if those people uh, stick to their guns and and actually don't show up to vote because they've decided that uh, that doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. That's a, that's well, a big problem, as you said. Yeah, yeah. It's not just a problem for Republicans. It's a problem for America. When we no right. longer believe that our elections are free and fair, if we walk away from that and say, I'm no longer going to even vote, this, this agenda, this far-left agenda, wins. If you don't show up, if you don't vote, then you forfeit. And I've said this forever. You can't forfeit the game and then cry because you lost. I don't care what mm-hmm. the odds look. We've got to live every day like it's the last day of our life and run every play like it's the last play we'll ever run. If we don't do that, we are again, and I'm saying this, I'm repeating it, we are turning our back on the one and a half million men and women in uniform that died to give us this privilege. Why in the world would we ever say it's not worth fighting for anymore? What a slap in the face to those who left their homes and never came back for another Christmas, another Thanksgiving, to watch a family member get married, to have children, to watch them grow. Why would we ever say it's too fixed. I'm not going to. I'm not going to vote again. I tell all my friends: never, ever, never, ever take that stance. You do what, exactly what you know you have to do. You have to get registered, get informed, and understand that every single person that goes into local government, state government, or federal government just doesn't go in and sit down. They win elections. And if we don't fight, if we don't work to get the right person into those positions, then shame on us. Yeah. Um does does all of this that's that's in this uh, HR one or the uh, the For the People Act, if it if it does get if it does become law, does it just make it more likely that twenty twenty two and twenty twenty four though are, are going to be replays of what happened in twenty twenty? I mean, aren't they aren't the details in this them pushing for exactly the kinds of things that caused all the problems uh, uh, in November? Yes, and and I think that. It would be putting November on steroids and going forward. Uh, 
look, I, I don't know. Is, is it, all of it going to get put into law? I don't know that. But I do know this. For all the questions that came out of this past November, Congress should be doing something to quell, to quell people's voices and say, look, this wasn't fair. It wasn't free. It was rigged. Why mm-hmm. would we do things that make it even more unbelievable, even more unjust, and cause people to think even more that they can't win another election. That's the worst thing you can do to anybody. Why would you do that? But if you look at the pieces of this, I'll just give you one example. People talk all the time about, well, I have to raise money for my election. Okay. Now, a lot of voters uh, go to people, and people will give them $10, $20, $100, up to $200. Anything below that's considered small, a small donation. I think every dollar is a big donation, depending on who it is that gives it to you. John, how about this? The government, the federal government, will subsidize for every, they will subsidize six to one federal dollars to match every one dollar given by donors at $200 and, and less. A, a person who gives a check for twelve uh, for, for uh, $200, it will get matched in the federal government. The federal government will put $1,200 match in there. Now, people say, well, wait a minute. I, no, the federal government doesn't give you a damn thing. Every one of those dollars comes out of a hardworking American taxpayer's yep. pocket. Why in the world would anybody think that, oh, all I have to do is give 200 and then the feds will match it with $1,200? That's your money. They're not giving anything. The federal government doesn't have a damn nut, not a penny to give to you. They've got to shake it out of taxpayers' pockets to start with. I just wish people would look at every single dollar that, that the federal government spends, the state government spends, and your local government spends. That is your money, ladies and gentlemen. You are entitled a return on that investment, and it should be done the right way, the fair way, and without any doubt in anybody's mind. I don't like paying taxes, but I'm willing to pay taxes when they go into programs that help the people that I live with, not to help politicians get reelected. That's, that's just amazing, that, and that's just one of the things in there that, uh, that you mentioned. I mean, um, and the Democrats are always very good at spending other people's money, but it's always um, portrayed as the federal government giving you something. And the federal government, as you said, it never gives you anything. Uh, I just, how do they do it with a straight face? Because, I mean, uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi may be a little bit out of her mind right now, but, but she and, and, and people like uh, Schumer, they're not stupid people. They know exactly what they're doing. And and it only, is it the media that allows it to happen, or is it the, the people are just aren't paying enough attention, or what's, how do they get away with it? You know what, John, I think it's a combination of things. I think that we're so polarized right now as a people, and, and strong Republicans and strong uh, Democrats are looking at it, and they're not debating policy too often. They're, they're, they're debating personality. Uh, when I would talk to people before the election, and, and they would say, listen, we know you like Trump, but, but I don't like Trump. And so my first question would be to them, so of all the president's policies, which one is the most offensive to you? And they go, well, what are you talking about? I said, well, you told me you don't like Trump. And I ask you, so of his policies, which of his policies bother you? He said, well, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about his policies. All I know is I don't like him. And then I'd yeah. ask, so which, why do you base that? And they said, well, ever since he's got elected, I mean, that's all I ever hear about all these horrible things he does. I said, tell me what he did. It was really horrible for you. And they'll say, look, I just don't like him, okay? I know you like him. I don't like him. I'd say, you know what? Honestly, let's take a real take off your red hat or your blue hat and put on a red, white, and blue hat covered with stars and stripes. And you think about what it is that the country looks like today. And you tell me that somehow it's not stronger than it was four years ago when he came into office. Too often now we have debated and we come down to personality and not performance. I, I will just tell you this. Uh, so many of us love the Steelers, and we love the Penguins, and we love the Pirates, but who do we usually like? The big producers. We like the people that are able to produce in the position that they're put in. We may not like them how they act off the field, but we say, you know what? They're there to win games for us. They're there to perform well on the field. Now, the bonus is that coming off the field, if they sign autographs and they come to your church and they talk to your young people, that's wonderful because they do they do sway people's thinking, especially when they're people of strong character and people we want to talk to. But too often in our country today, we're polarized over personalities, not over policy. Yeah. And it's just hard for me. I look and say, my God, you're looking at a race last year where one candidate never came out and campaigned, and the other candidate 
the president of the United States never stopped campaigning. Uh, now, this is nothing against President Biden, by the hey, way. Look, I hey, know his life challenge, but we have a way to win elections, and that is by putting up great policy and then following through on it, John. Hey, Mike, I, I could go on forever here, but uh, I'm out of time. I've got to go to a commercial break. I really appreciate you taking the time. hope you come on again. Anytime, John. Hey, thanks for what you're doing, and God bless all our listeners. It's our America. Okay, we'll be right back. SRN News, I'm Jeremy House in Washington. The Senate has seemingly killed progressives' last-ditch effort to include a minimum wage hike in the Democrats' $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief bill. Senators voted 58 to 42 to reject it, even though the roll call wasn't formally gaveled to a close. That'll clear the way for climatic votes on a package embodying President Biden's top legislative priority. The U.N. Special Envoy for Myanmar is calling for urgent Security Council action to reverse Myanmar's military coup. Christine Schreiner-Bergner says about 50 peaceful protesters were killed in the military's worst crackdowns this week. Scores were more seriously injured. The White House says February's jobs report shows progress, but there's a long road ahead to economic recovery. On Wall Street, the Dow concluded the week with a 574-point gain. More details at srnews.com. The far left controls the White House and both houses of Congress. But Alliance Defending Freedom wants to make sure they don't control your house. Religious freedom, sanctity of life, free speech, and parental rights. Precious freedoms that ADF will protect at the courthouse. With God's help, we have over 2,000 victories, including 11 at the Supreme Court. And because ADF is a tax-deductible nonprofit ministry, we provide our services at no charge to those whose freedom is threatened. We have a challenging 48 months ahead of us. We must be prepared to stand for freedom. Call 833-993-4377 with your most generous gift or visit adflegal.org slash freedom to sign the freedom statement and commit to help us sustain our efforts. 833-993-4377 or click adflegal.org slash freedom. Dennis Prager tries to understand the never Trumpers. President Trump accomplished more than any president of my lifetime. Why is that not important to Republicans who hate his guts? I'll tell you why. What they're saying is my own revulsion at Donald Trump's behavior is more important than the welfare of the country. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Charlie Kirk at 2 on AM 1250. The answer. Mike Gallagher, thrilled to be co-hosting the Stand with Israel tour again in 2021. This tour of the Holy Land will bring us face-to-face with one of the country's most important allies and one of the most fascinating spiritual places on Earth. More than a vacation, this is a bucket list trip. I personally want to invite you to join us. Register now, worry-free, no cancellation fees and full refunds up until May 8th. Call 855-565-5519, 855-565-5519 or go to standwithisraeltour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com Over 10 years ago, we realized how important saving family memories was, and we wanted to help. Legacy Box started from that passion and has now helped over 850,000 families digitally preserve their film reels, VHS tapes, and photos. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. What started with the two of us in the garage is now over 200 trained professionals. Legacy Box is a safe and secure way to put all your favorite family memories on an easy-to-view digital format like a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. We ship you a sturdy Legacy Box to fill with all your outdated media, safety barcodes to track your items throughout the process, and a prepaid mailing label. Legacy Box has been featured by Good Morning America and The Today Show. Not bad for two kids in a garage. That's true, Nick. And here's the best part. We always wanted to make it affordable to preserve your entire collection. So we are offering 40% off. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of this exclusive offer. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Busy, busy Friday afternoon if you're on the Parkway North. 
You're seeing some delays on the inbound side, 65 to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Also still really heavy on the Parkway West. Volume delays inbound. Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel, close to a 10-minute delay there on the outbound side, heavy from Banksville Road to Carnegie. Lots of congestion as well on the Parkway East, outbound, slowing down Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, and inbound from 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. It'll be partly cloudy tonight, low 23, and a mix of clouds and sun tomorrow. Saturday's high 35. Clear skies tomorrow night, low 18, and mostly sunny Sunday, high 37. Sunday night, clear to partly cloudy, low 18 again. Then things start to warm up Monday, a mix of sun and clouds that day, with a high of 50. Tuesday, occasionally sunny, high 59. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Sally Sherman. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. We just spent, uh, we just spent several minutes talking about a lot of mind-numbing stupidity that's uh, going on down in Washington. Nothing new there. Uh, and there may be more coming because there's a lot of it being taught on college campuses, as I'm sure you know. And those are the people who, are, I guess, are going to be in charge at some point, someday, Gabe Kaminsky is a college student right now at Pitt. He's also an intern at TheFederalist.com and a really good writer, and he joins us now. Uh, Gabe, thanks for being here. Hey, John. Happy to join you. Uh, uh, thanks for being here again, I should say. We've had you on before. I was really impressed, so uh, and I, I liked your piece today. So before, but before we get into that, the piece that you wrote uh, yesterday, actually, at The Federalist about what's happening up there in Cleveland, a quick question. Uh, you are a college student. And I'm sure you've heard there's talk of letting 16-year-olds vote. 16, okay. How interested and how informed are the college students that you know, that they're, they're, in, they're between the ages of 18 and 22, 23? Yeah, that's a good question, John. I think you see that, uh, you know, the, the college campus is certainly a vacuum of ideology uh, and, and of the progressive sort, Um you know, I think I think college 18, I think, is, is a very reasonable age uh, for the federal voting age. You know, kids are just sort of, uh, you know, they're, they can go to the military, uh, you know, and in many states you can buy tobacco. Um, I think it's a very reasonable age. Uh, the 16, now that's that's pretty insane, right? You got 16-year-olds are just, just getting their driver's license. Uh, they're pretty much right. finishing stage five puberty, you know? Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. But I I was just wondering, like, um, uh, you know, it's one thing for, as you said, for 16, but I'm just wondering, you know, we hear a lot of stuff coming out of college campuses about the stuff that's being taught and all the indoctrinations going on. I I guess I'm just trying to get a feel from you uh, of how much interest the average college kid has. Uh, I know there's interest maybe when the subject comes up, but is it something that's discussed a lot among college kids when you're out uh, illegally drinking beer somewhere or whatever it is you do for a good time? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, as I said, look, I think you, you see that kids in the 18 to 20, people in the 18 to 28 range, that was the biggest demographic for Joe Biden in the 2020 presidential election. So yeah. uh, you see that, you know, uh, people are, you know, younger people tend to be very liberal uh, and, you can go even farther than liberal and say leftist, right? There's, there's a distinction mm-hmm. there. Um, so, you know, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I think, and I think, I think we have seen that more engagement by kids in college nowadays. Um, it just, in terms of if it's the right engagement, you know, you have a lot of speech silencing and sort of just people being involved hand in hand by their professors, uh, you know, being told what to believe about uh, politics. Yeah, and and you are uh, among one of the first uh, generations talking about you and people your age and uh, people who are in college now that uh, have, you, you basically grew up with the ability to um, have access to any knowledge on any subject at any time just by pulling a, 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 a device out of your pocket. So there's really no excuse. There's less of an excuse, I guess, is what I'm saying for people who were in college, uh, uh, for being informed. I mean, before the Internet and before smartphones, which I know for someone your age seems like it, they've, always been in, you know, they've always been around, but before they were, 
uh, it took a little bit of effort. You might have to go to the library or go buy a book or you know pick up a newspaper and read it to 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 be to have access to what's going on. But now you're just bombarded with it, aren't you? Right. I mean, you know, there's that accessibility piece. Uh, you know, social media has fundamentally changed uh, how we get media. Uh, you know, I have family members who work in social media. My two brothers do. Um, and you just see, you know, it's fundamentally changed media. And uh, clearly, you know, I mean, there's less of an excuse. I think certainly college students, I would probably say based on my anecdotal uh, opinion, I think that college students tend to be, I think, you know, our entire culture has been upended by politics, certainly in the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that it, it just everyone's sort of been lured in, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. We're talking to Gabe Kaminsky. He's a college student and an intern at The Federalist. He also writes for The Federalist and writes some good stuff. Um, your story at The Federalist, I guess it was posted yesterday, uh, about uh, what's happening up at Cleveland State, uh, that what they're teaching their future teachers up there. What did you find out? And the, I guess the course is The Social Context of Urban Education. That scares the heck out of me anyway, just the name of it. <laughs> The, uh, yeah, so the, the story came out today, um, okay. and uh, in, in alignment with, so you know, I, I spoke to uh, I spoke to two students at Cleveland State University who they wish to remain anonymous. Um, mm-hmm. However, the, you know, they, they uh, I was contacted by one of the students' mothers uh, who expressed uh, a lot of discontentment with the uh, the sort of ideology that was being taught in the class. Um, you know. Uh, very similar to what happened with the Coca- famous Coca-Cola training that was yeah. uh, that a whistleblower leaked several weeks ago. This sort of uh, anti-racist training, try to be less racism white. Yeah. training. Yeah, white guilt. You know, you know, you know, mm-hmm. guilting white people into saying they're implicitly uh, racist people, which is racist in and of itself. Um, so these these two students describe the professor who is named Dr. Molly Fagali, who actually did her doctorate uh, thesis pretty much on this, on sort of systemic racism. Um, and, you know, they shared the papers and just their experiences of feeling really alienated uh, by a professor who actually is a, you know, like 39-year-old white female who just stands up there and, and calls everyone racist. And it, according to her uh, notion that all white people are supposedly racist, she herself would be, right? Yeah, the, here's the thing. She's she's. It's an education. These are the people you talk to. The students you talk to are education majors. They want to be teachers. And uh, I think one of them told you that you know they thought maybe they would uh, learn what to do when a kid throws up on his desk in the middle of class. I mean, something that might actually help them with their teaching instead of the the garbage that w- that was being shoved down their throat. Yeah. No, certainly, uh, uh, you know, the students expressed that they took this course, uh, you know, their middle, edu- I believe, middle education, uh, one, one wants to be in pre-kindergarten. Um, they want to learn strategies for dealing with, uh, you know, emotional difficulties that arise with children. Right. And, uh, and instead, they're just being taught uh, sort of this intersectionality hierarchy, you know, where, uh, you know, they're supposed to sort of alienate students. Uh, you know, if you're a white male, you supposedly reign supreme. You're, uh, you know, you're, you're very, uh, you're, you're perfect. You're, you're uh, not oppressed in any capacity. Um, and if you're a transgender uh, uh, black, you know, black female uh, who identifies as it, you, uh, you know, you're, you're just totally screwed. And I think that's detrimental. You know, I think, one of the students expressed to me that they believe America, uh, you know, it's about equal opportunity and uh, freedom. And, and it's destructive to uh, say that America was founded on, just not true, founded on systemic racism. Yeah, and uh, positionality and intersectionality are not terms that were floating around when I was in college. What are they, and uh, why are these kids being bothered with this? Positionality, positionality and intersectionality. Yeah, so they're pretty much the same idea where it's, you know, positionality is where you reside on this intersectional uh, hierarchy of uh, of sort of your race and your identity. So, 
as I as I mentioned, you know, uh, the the idea is, you know, if you are the uh, the the white male in society, you are at the you are at the very top of this hierarchy, you know, regardless of your individual circumstances. Maybe you grew up in West Virginia. Your parent, your father's a coal miner. Your parents, you know, maybe your family does not have much money. It doesn't matter. You're white male. Uh, according to this hierarchy, you are sort of, you know, you have white privilege. You should feel guilty for that. And uh, you basically should spend your life apologizing to people. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been trying then, to apologize. Um, I, I really, I'm, I'm just really, I'm sorry that I'm white, but I, you know, I don't know what else I can <laughs> say. Um, but um, Miss White Fragility, speaking of apologizing for being white, uh, Dr. Robin, Robin D'Angelo, her fingerprints are all over this, right? She's everywhere. This is up at Cleveland State. Yeah, yeah. So they're, you know, they're uh, they're using Robin D'Angelo's textbook uh, for the course, um, and then they also last week they watched a uh, a lecture by uh, Dr. D'Angelo uh, called "Deconstructing White Privilege," um, where she says uh, she's sort of just you know same sort of ideology where uh, all white people you know. Uh, fundamentally are just uh, need to apologize for uh, their biology. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I mean, I think most people who pay attention to this kind of stuff, they know that uh, they know that uh, she, her, she wrote White Fragility. It's a bestseller. But the I'm looking here at your piece and the um, the, the textbook. How'd you like your kid to be taught? I don't know how anybody pays a dollar and a half for anybody to be taught uh, to pay to go to college to learn this stuff, but anyway, the uh, the textbook is called uh, by by D'Angelo is is everyone really equal? An introduction to key concepts in social justice education. So that that's the concept for the for the course, I guess, right? Yeah, it's, I it's, think that that's one of the textbooks. I um, I I looked at the other textbooks and they they were not as sort of radical as this. But this is a very radical textbook. Um, you know, it's, it's putting forward, like, similar to a lot of this other anti-racist training, uh, this notion of equitability where, uh, you know, we should sort of basically communism, right, equality of outcome, where we should just uh, lift people up regardless of, you know, individual circumstances. Everyone needs to be equal, which is basically what happened in, uh, in the, during the Cultural Revolution and millions of people at the hands of Mao Zedong. Yeah, the, uh, the syllabus says, quote, uh, the course rationale is for, quote, teacher candidates to examine their own identities and experiences and think critically about how their identities and experiences will shape their practice as a teacher and a learner. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, again, uh, you're, you're trying to prepare people to teach kids and, um, you know, what about reading, writing, and arithmetic, you know, how to teach a kid how to read or how to teach a kid how to write or how to teach science to a sixth grader? I, I, it's, it's stunning to me that this is going on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, this idea that, uh, you know, just because you reside on, the, on, on some position on the intersectional hierarchy, um, that you will think a certain way. It's very destructive. Uh, you know, uh, in, we're all humans. We are individuals and we all are, you know, we, we are diverse, uh, ideologically and, uh, we're not, we don't just think the same because we look the same. We're talking to Gabe Kaminsky. He's a writer at the Federalist, uh, and he's also, uh, an intern there and a college student at Pitt. Now, um, th- th- this is all directed at white people. It seems to be, so I'm wondering, I'm, as, as I'm reading your piece, I'm thinking, well, where are the black students? I, I know that they have black students at Cleveland State. Do they take this course, and what's in it for them? I mean, what what are they what are they taught? Are they taught to to that they're victims, and then and that the, the the white kids in the class owe them an apology? I mean, it seems like a strange dynamic to me that would exist in the classroom. Yeah, I mean, I'm not aware of the racial demographics of the class, um, you know, but I, of course. Uh, you're, you're right in the fact that uh, this, this culture of victimhood is very detrimental to people who, you know, uh, as one of the students mentioned, you know, not everyone starts out in life at the same field. 
it's just not how life works, you know. Um, but the great thing in America is that everyone can advance. Uh, they truly can, you know. It's not, as one student also noted, we're not in the 1950s and 60s, you know. Uh, we passed a lot of great civil rights. It's, life is not segregated anymore. Uh, there are a lot of rights for people, and that's the great thing about America. So I think teaching people that they are just uh, uh, inherently, you know, never going to be able to succeed, I think that's very detrimental. You know, we, we have a lot of institutions for people to be able to advance, um, and, and we should harp on that. I'm just about out of time. Real quickly, here are the here are the weekly lessons that you listed, some of them. Understanding the invisibility of oppression through sexism. Understanding the structural nature of oppression through racism. Understanding the global organization of racism through white supremacy. That's just a few. Uh, Gabe, I don't know how anybody your age uh, gets through class without throwing throwing up all over themselves. I, 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 how do you stay awake for something like that? <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right, John. I think it really depends on what classes you're taking. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but no, you're, no, it, it actually, in some sense, it really does not. Uh, the, the, you know, academia has been completely uh, overthrown by sort of Marxist uh, ideology and, and beyond Marxist. It's a very woke uh, sentiment that, uh, you know, there's structural racism and that uh, America is not a free country. And, you know, it's very unfortunate to see this happen. Well, hey, Gabe, I'm out of time. Uh, if all college students were as uh, clued in as you are, we'd be in good shape. I appreciate you coming on. Hope to have you on again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, that's Gabe Kaminsky. We'll be right back. Benjamin Franklin once wrote, Nothing can be said to be certain. Except death and taxes. Uh, hold on there, Benji. <sighs> you can't even rely on that much thanks to identity thieves. Pardon? Tax forms have all your personal info in one place. And this is the season when it can get emailed, shared, and possibly exposed to identity thieves. They might even try to file your tax return before you do. This shan't stand. No, it shan't. Because LifeLock monitors your info and alerts you to identity threats. If you become a victim, a dedicated U.S.-based specialist will help fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions. But LifeLock helps you keep what's yours. Join today and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code SMART. That's promo code SMART for 25% off at LifeLock.com. And remember, 25% saved is 25% earned. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows or Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, Overdesigned and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret we make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388.
Enjoy. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Lens S and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit lensess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. I love Ricky Swalwell. Uh, he's filing suit against Donald Trump because of the, um, the insurrection on January 6th because he suffered emotional distress uh, defendants intentionally or at a minimum recklessly cause a severe emotional distress suffered by the plaintiff Swalwell in connection with the uh, the attack defendants are furthermore vicariously liable for and aided and abetted the rioters negligent infliction of emotional distress distress upon the plaintiff they're talking about Swalwell here the plaintiff prepared himself for possible hand-to-hand combat as he took off his jacket and tie and searched for makeshift instruments of self-defense. He listened in shock as the House chaplain, a veteran of war herself, began praying for the members from the Rostam. Uh, as the plaintiff watched this horror unfold, he texted with his wife in what he felt could be his last moments, telling her, I love you very, very much and our babies. This guy, I always thought my impression when I saw him was he might make a pretty good politician when he gets out of high school. Uh, somebody just needs to get uh, Ricky... That would be Eric Swalwell, who ran for president. <laughs> Somebody needs to get him a good uh, good supply of Depends to wear to Congress from now on. What? How does any man vote for this guy? I don't know how any man votes for a Democrat these days. I'm done for the week. I'll talk to you Monday. Thanks. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.